0: Before we begin today's episode, we wanted to give a shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. Yeah, these are our sponsors of the show, and we currently
1: have Aperba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneschi, Hanson Screen Printing, Rock the Green, and our newest member, Zach Duren. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on and uh, keeping the music that we buy going. Now, on to the show.
0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We, of course, are your hosts. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have a special episode uh, that all of us wrestling fans and adrenaline junkies. And you know
1: we love these guys. Oh, God. You know we do.
0: So wrestling fans and adrenaline junkies alike uh, can definitely grapple on and sure. suplex, baby. Um, as, we, as we often do, we talk in, uh, in very characterized and theatrical uh, uh, wrestling type voices from the 80s and 90s. Uh, Russ and I are absolute fans of...
1: Especially the old ones where like, they're all coked up. Those exactly. are my favorite ones. I mean, like...
0: Yeah, I haven't watched wrestling... What, Cream
1: of the Crop? That one's like, oh one yeah. my Hulk, favorite
0: interviews. Hulk Macho and like the Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, my God. That guy was coked up. Those guys were up. all effed up, man. Just out just, of their they minds. they come out
1: of nowhere just like screaming and yelling. Just, like, yeah. Everything was bulging on them.
0: Just absolutely wildly uh, <laughs> uh, just full of drugs. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey. So... We are discussing uh, the amazing history of a uh, a man and a wrestler called The Crusher. Um, and we also have Wisconsin music today from Red Pants. Kind of suiting. Yeah, Red Pants. I think The Crusher definitely donned uh, at least a red, a red Speedo, pant- probably. Um, we have another beer review, of course, and uh, another edition of the infamous <sighs> How Many Little <laughs> <goudret?"> <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> as always... Be sure to uh, like, rate, review, subscribe—all of that sort of stuff on whatever platform it is that you choose to listen to us. Um, it really does help it's the algorithms, huge for us, yeah, for sure. So, so uh, hey, if you also really enjoy uh, listening to the show and the, and the podcast that we put out here, uh, you can either sign up on Patreon, uh, become a sponsor, and uh, and or buy a T-shirt or other logoed apparel that we have. Um, just by visiting our website, Wisconsin dot um, where you can find all of those things, yeah. and you can contact us through that page as well. Also, hey, if you don't have the money for that type of stuff, word of mouth is uh, is is really equal to, or maybe even greater than, all of those other means. Uh, if you if you're able to tell you know one or two additional people that um, if they listen to podcasts already, or maybe this is going to be their first one. Um, I mean, having those additional listens every single uh, week, uh, would really help our show, uh, and, and help us kind of continue to, to make the content that we do. Yeah. And if we have more listeners, we could make even better content. <laughs> I mean, Russ yeah, and I yeah. realize that this is not our full-time job and, um, that we are, uh, we're giving every ounce of effort we possibly can for it. And, uh. Uh, if we had a little extra time uh, and we could put some some more effort to it, uh, we would love it more oh, than yeah, anything, uh, sure. I think, you know, for sure. So, um, hey, let's go ahead and jump right in uh, to the uh, main segment today, which is uh, about the crusher. I've,
1: I've been super amped up about this one. I've had this one on yeah, the list Nate, as well. Uh, I Nate, love wrestling.
0: Nate Hanson of, of Hanson Screen Printing uh, and just of our friendship with Nate Hanson. Uh, he's the one who sort of uh, turned me on to this, this – uh, he the turned country. me on. The crusher uh, guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a printer and just a sexy human being altogether. Um, but he's the one who actually suggested this. Uh, so hey, we do listen to your suggestions, and we will yeah, we will do the the shows that you want. So he uh, he hit me up one day, and he's like, "Hey man, are you guys planning on doing one about the crusher?" You know, and uh, I was like, yeah, "Damn it, man!" I, I honestly it slipped my mind. I mean, with all the other stuff that that. Is around and, and just from... I mean, there's so many things and we, then...
1: We really want to get um, one of my favorite kind of like... He's not really a wrestler, but he's kind of like a famous guy around Milwaukee. Is the Milverine. Oh, the Milverine. I really want to yeah. talk to that guy and learn his backstory. Like the, one of these days I'm going to do it. The
0: Verge or so. What was yeah. that one that did a, a little documentary about him? It's like, really cool.
1: Dude, the guy's beef. Like beef he yeah. could be a wrestler. He could take down... Some, some he's bicycle. gotten a little
0: flabby now. Has he? He's getting older he, he, now. Yeah, yeah. He's getting a little older He had some now. knee problems, Did he? too, he said. So. I
1: mean, he's walking like a ton, so.
0: Oh, he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a bike. He, just he walks, have everywhere. walks everywhere. Um So today's episode, again, is uh, about uh, a man named Reginald Lasowski. Uh, that is uh, the American professional wrestler, uh, better known as his ring names or stage names the Crusher or sometimes Crusher Lasowski um, to distinguish between uh, there was some other crushers I think out there at the time Um, uh, also known as, uh, or um, the other crushers were like Crusher Blackwell is another very famous uh, professional wrestler. So uh, Lasowski was born on uh, July 11th, 1926. Uh, He was raised in the Milwaukee suburb of South Milwaukee, um, which is a little bit North of Cudahy area and stuff like that. So if you've been down there, um, so early on, he was uh, more interested in football, as we see with a lot of professional wrestlers. Like The Rock, uh, was actually a uh, uh, a very good uh, college athlete for uh, Miami Hurricanes. Didn't quite make it in the NFL. Hmm. Um, He's a pretty big dude. It's surprising. Beef, beef, dude. Yeah, I know. Um, so he, he turned to wrestling, like uh, like most others, uh, and same with uh, uh, Reginald Lasowski. Here, he played fullback. Uh, for the South Milwaukee High School football team uh, But took up wrestling while stationed in Germany Actually with the United States Army hmm. uh, Many of the individuals born like in that 20s, 30s, 40s They would often go on to uh, military first Because this was all wartime You know, These were all different times of, of uh, the United States uh, Appearing wrestled in a lot of different wars Nazis! I wrestled <laughs> Come here <laughs> Hitler, we're calling you out
1: <laughs> I threw the A bomb. Come on, Gable, we're dropping an elbow on you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! Uh, uh, I can only imagine. I know, him.
1: right? That's what I was thinking. Just like
0: I can only imagine if you see pictures of uh, the Crusher, you're like, how did he even fit into a uniform? Like he's just beef, yeah, I mean, he's on He beef. had to wear more like a Rambo style, where it was like just a normal tank top like, and then like beef ass pants, camel, you know, camel, camel, camel G pants,
1: no shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Camo, camo the, yoga pants. Just
1: rocking around with a freaking beef gun. Just everything just hanging out with just a manthong covering him. He's, protection. So, he's
0: so strong, you just threw the bullets.
1: <laughs> he is Kevlar Thong.
0: <laughs> yeah, real tough guy here. So, uh, in his early career, uh, having developed a liking for professional wrestling, uh, Lasowski actually continued training with uh, Ivan Racy and Buck Tassie. Uh, those are some fun names. Racy and Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was at Milwaukee's Eagle Club, which, uh, uh, Hey, you probably all know that as the rave, that kind of oh, thing. Yeah, yep. Um, it was actually a, 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 really nice, um, fitness club. Uh, and, um, uh, you had to have a membership and stuff to, to, you know, they had a pool on like the top level, uh, which is still there now it's haunted and that we've, kind of stuff. We've
1: actually been to that. We've actually toured the whole damn we thing. We saw something, me and you and saw, um, a ghost. No, we saw one of the Blink one eighty two side projects there, I think. Me and you did. Yeah. yeah uh I Angels think, and Airwaves. Yeah, we saw Angels and, I and Airwaves, went. I think, and then yeah. it was in the old part. Plus forty four, I saw there the as well. portion, the actual in old the Eagles ball. ballroom. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, really cool place. And this is actually where he began his wrestling uh training. So uh eventually he uh wrestled uh Marcel Bucket uh in his first recorded match. That was in like late forty nine. Um and he was a, like a dark-haired, baby face, you know, kid at the time, basically. And he wore a star-spangled jacket, probably, you know, using his his uh, time spent in the military um, to be like this, you know, Nazi crush and you know, you know, big Heck tough yeah. guy. Oh know? yeah. Um. So, uh, also in his early career, he included uh, um, wrestling three to four nights a week. Uh, which is uh, amazing. I mean, uh, doing anything physically uh, exhausting like yeah. that three to four times a week is crazy. Um, and that was down uh, in a Chicago armory, uh, usually only earning like $5 a night. Um, it, and that was all to support himself and stay in shape. Um, he actually worked a lot of different various jobs, uh, blue-collar jobs uh, uh, by day, and then wrestling... Um, uh, by night, but you know he would like do meat packing and bricklaying, and those are all very physically exhausting and laboring jobs too. So, um, Fred Kohler was actually one of the first promoters uh, to put him on TV, and by uh, 1954, uh, Lasowski had developed a barrel-chested, big physique, like we keep talking about. Um yeah, the beef, man, and that would actually stick uh, stick with him like the rest of his career. I mean, you know, known as basically like this beef-chested, big you know, large, bull, huge. bull fucking Mc, kind of guy, you know, huge. beef, McBuck shit, <laughs> brick, Mclarge chest. Yeah. And this was, you know, uh, decades before stone cold, Steve Austin, uh, and the Sandman, uh, Lasowski actually perfected the gimmick, of beer drinking, uh, as being a beer drinking tough guy, you know. He's
1: from Wisconsin. I mean, you gotta you have some, yeah. Right.
0: The the freaking He's man. crushing brewskis and crushing words. brewskis and crushing his liver, man. Um, <laughs> Dropping
1: bows on my liver, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> to further uh, elevate this uh, this this illustrious career, he's already kind of built. He actually bleached his hair um, uh, to blonde, which you know, as we mentioned earlier, he had a big. You know, a dark set of locks, man.
1: Yeah, kind of like that old school strong man. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the Tarzan suit guy. You seen the old circuses where they have oh.
0: the thing? <laughs> nice Tarzan. Was that cool. That's pretty wild. All right, man. Heck yeah. Uh, so, um, so he wanted to kind of get over the 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 strong man heel. You know, uh, um, which heel is a term, uh, a reference used in in wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to kind of. Uh, Talk about what kind of opponent he is, you know, uh, or what kind of character he he will be in a, in a match or whatever. So, um, famous for his bolo punch finisher, Ooh. yeah, right, dude. Bolo I just saw you. Punch. Yeah, I just saw you just... do it. Um, he uh, uh, he also had a, a, a hell of a, a full Nelson, which we've all heard a full or half yeah. Nelson, um, but don't really understand what it is. But I guess it's something that could absolutely kill you. Really. It's a very dangerous move. So you
1: might want to just go partial Nelson? Dude,
0: you want to go maybe quarter Nelson. Quarter Nelson. You You don't want (laughs) to. You want to go eighth Nelson.
1: Dude, you're going too much Nelson, bro. (laughs) You're going to kill him. (laughs)
0: You went fucking way too Nelson, dude. Knock it off, man. You're killing him. You're killing him. Put away part of the Nelson. It's too much Nelson. (laughs) It's too much Nelson, man. The kids
1: are watching. The kids are. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So, this eventually led to uh, him winning the Chicago area NWA World Tag Team Championship with his partner, Art Nielsen. Cool. Not Nelson. But Full Nelson, Art Nielsen, <laughs> big well, he barrel chest. Full chested. Nielsen. He went Full his, Nielsen. That was his wrestling name, Full Nielsen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> full Nielsen. It's
0: coming up. Um, so, Lasowski actually continued to, to have uh, tag team success uh, throughout the remainder of the 50s. Um, often paired with his wrestling brother uh, Stan Lasowski. Um, so by 1959, he was actually being billed as Crusher uh, Lasowski. Uh, uh, the 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 legend came from a promoter uh, uh off, a promoter's offhand comment that uh, he just crushes everybody. Hey, it's not bad. Which is kind of fitting, you know. Uh, you're a big dude. You're obviously winning these matches. Uh, I think all promoters or announcers could easily say, uh, he just crushed that guy. And back in those days, fifties and sixties, um, they didn't, they didn't have all the same terminology as we do now. They were definitely trying to be a little bit more friendly, uh, and not using as, uh, as many expletives or anything like that. So, uh, to be like, he crushed that guy. Uh, it's, it sounds very, you know, uh, it's uh, pretty hardcore professional. For the day, and that's definitely hardcore for the day Yeah, yeah. to say that he crushed he a guy. Crushed um, So yeah, he's obviously, uh, a lot of announcers and promoters are saying that he's absolutely murdering guys. Uh, Around uh, early 1965, uh, Crusher was a heel in the AWA, um, and after meeting the team of Larry Hennig and Harley Race uh, for the first time, the fans adopted Crusher uh, and his wrestling cousin, Dick the Bruiser. That's a rough name. God, you don't want to... Dick uppercutting
1: bruiser. the dick, just like bruise that sucker. Fuck my shaft!
0: Oh god, they were full fledged heroes in the <laughs> AWA territory. So, um, heel is a good is a good terminology in in wrestling. And and uh, Russ just keeps dick bruising over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just fucking uppercutting that guy, yeah. dude.
0: Just he goes, he does the speed bag.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah, Come um, on, uh, yeah, so. Um
1: <laughs> punch you to fucking bonus straight on, dude.
0: <laughs> you don't want to do that, dude. Pop right out the back. Um so the Crusher's gimmick was to absorb a tremendous amount of punishment and still be able to make a comeback for the win. Sounds really similar to Hulk Hogan. Remember he used to get his absolute ass kicked, and then all of a sudden he would be like, I I you can't hit me anymore. I'm just gonna wallop you now and in and, the and, and Hulk would almost like Absorb it and and be energized by getting his dick kicked, you know. Uh, by getting his dick bruised, his fucking, his fucking, his little blonde hair and bald
1: top. His blonde hair when he's swinging, you know, he's yeah, going hard. Yeah. Like his little strip of blonde,
0: dude. Hair. He was all business on top and party in the back. He was just bald as hell. He was his hair was retired cop on, on top. top. He was cop on top, wild man on the sides. He was retired on top and uh, wild animal on the on the back there. Um, But over the next 15 to 20 years, Crusher and Bruiser were actually tag team partners off and on, and uh, a natural combination due to their common background uh, and and brawling wrestling type style. So um, if Dick the Bruiser and Crusher felt they hadn't bloodied their opponents enough during a match, they would actually trade punches with each other afterwards. Jesus. These guys are hard. Dick, Bruiser, and Crusher, man. Like, he just... Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> right in the P. These, these are names that, like, All over. They, they, you couldn't be called that now. Oh, right. You couldn't no. be called Dick the Bruiser. That uh, you would be laughed out dude, of the no, ring. No one's going to battle Dick Bruiser. No, no promoter's going to go with that. Like, right. Just, uh, yeah, why don't we go ahead and change your name to not Dick Bruiser, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, after after matches, if they hadn't you know kicked each you know, kicked the uh, teams uh, the other teams uh, ass, they would kick each other's ass. Um, they actually won the AWA World Tag Team Championship five times, and the WWA Tag Team titles um, six times, uh, and then the Sweet. NWA International Tag Titles. Uh, they won one uh, uh, among uh, among other different titles as well. But um, I mean that's quite a rap sheet. Oh right yeah, there. heck yeah. Uh, their trophy case is full, you know. Um and actually introduced at the beginning of wrestling matches, um as the wrestler that made That's Milwaukee insane. famous, which is crazy because as we've talked about Schlitz beer before, uh, their tagline and slogan was the beer that made Milwaukee famous. So um, Crusher was a very successful uh, solo wrestler uh, as well as his tag team stuff. He actually won the AWA World Heavyweight Championship three times Sweet. Uh, the first time was actually uh, unifying it with the Omaha version of the world heavyweight championship uh, on July 9th, 1963. Um, and that was in a match where he defeated Vern Gagne. Um, a lot, a lot to unwrap here. Uh, yeah. Omaha in the Midwest had uh, a booming wrestling scene anywhere from Chicago to Omaha. Um, there was just a uh, different, uh, Different, uh, what they would call almost like sections. Uh, like they keep talking about this AWA NWA, that kind of stuff. Um, those are different areas, uh, and and there was no WWF or WWE at the time. Every area of the country had its own little thing, oh, and and it's kind of like part, NFL, AFL kind of thing, kind of, mm-hmm. and and part due in part to uh, the ability for them to televise. Uh, and broadcast nationally, they couldn't. They were only broadcasting on local network, uh, and, and could only you know span like twenty, thirty, forty miles. So they couldn't hit another state. Uh, so each area had their own little booming network of wrestling. So, um, so after he defeated Vern Gagne, um, you know he was very skillful at uh, cutting promos, like we've talked about oh, before. Some of our favorite uh, wrestlers of the eighties, uh, nineties. They were known for their promos, oh, and, yeah. um, you yeah. know, as he would uh, brag about his 100 megaton biceps and offered a pummel, dub bum, he was facing in the ring with uh, ease, and he often delighted in calling opponents turkey necks. Oof, that's yeah. hard. Thanks. That was your nickname in high school, right? Turkey neck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or wait, no, your nickname in high school is dick bruiser. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Punch one known, kid in the dick and known, now I'm a dick bruiser. Jeez.
0: Known for just the tip. Uh, <laughs> so his most quotable and famous phrase uh was How about that?
1: That was before the one girl. That was before Dr. the Phil. Dr.
0: Filchik, Phil yeah. How about that? <inaudible> uh when asked how he trained for a match. He'd actually claim he ran along the waterfront in Milwaukee carrying a large, full beer bar- barrel over either shoulder for strength, and um, it's actually noted that the the former AWA announcer uh, Roger Kent uh, said by the end of the Crusher's training run, the beer was actually gone. So <laughs>
1: he was drinking it as he's running. Yeah, he's doing. I can doing, just imagine hose going right to your mouth. He's it's doing like,
0: just beer marathons. It's this like a whole muscle time. man's camelback. It's just, just like- ridiculous. Um so uh and he danced polka I guess all night with awesome. uh Polish Attaboy. barmaids to increase his stamina which you know who doesn't want to just run with beer and uh dance with the uh, polka strippers all night to keep his stamina It's pretty up. rad, right? Oof. Um so, uh, along, uh, or although much of uh, Crusher's popularity came from the idea that he was this big beer drinking, uh, person in actuality, he actually never drank beer. Uh, uh according to, uh, Baron Von Raschke, uh, he actually preferred wine. <laughs> um, so in, in 1981, Lasowski's, uh, wrestling career was, uh, almost, uh, over, uh, when some 450 pound man named Jerry Blackwell, uh, Who had feuded with uh, uh, the Crusher uh, uh, moniker. Uh, I guess maybe at one point he was called the Crusher. Um, He botched a top rope move and landed on Lasowski's uh, right arm, causing nerve damage from his shoulder all the way down to his wrist. Uh, And doctors actually told him he would never wrestle again. But Crusher, you know, did a lot of strength training over two years. And um, uh, while he was unofficially retired um, during that time, he actually ended up returning to the ring in 1983, teaming up with uh, Baron Von Raschke to beat Jerry Blackwell and Ken Patera for the AWA World Tag Team title. So what, what better way to you know, uh, uh, get your title back than to kick the guy's ass that broke your arm. Yeah, you know that you know,
1: like Jerry Blackwell was actually that like Crusher Blackwell we were talking about.
0: Yeah, He was just pissed off
1: about the name, so he's like, fuck it, I'm going to break this guy's arm. It's not a bad nut.
0: That's crazy, man. <laughs> it is, yeah. That, I mean, it's such a good story, though. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, that probably made, kind of a legend. That probably made good newspaper headlines and and, uh, and went around the wrestling circuit quite a bit. Um, so, the... Uh, uh, Lasowski also had a successful run in the WWF oh, uh, yeah. in the early 60s, uh, where he was the nemesis of Johnny Valentine uh, and a young Brunar Sammartino, um, primarily in the Pittsburgh promotion. So again, there we are talking about uh, the different areas, uh, this being only in the Pittsburgh area uh, of, of the WWF, which again you know later became this was in the 60s but later became you know and i think it was probably in the early 80s uh 81 82 um a very national televised thing um um under the 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 uh control of um mcmahon uh wwf and wwe came you know became one of the biggest things there was before
1: they had to change your name because the world wildlife federation right
0: and uh So uh, this was in the mid 80s, uh, seeing that the American Wrestling Association promotion uh, with which he had uh, the most success over the years was actually crumbling, um, particularly uh, when Hulk Hogan and many of the other top talent uh, jumped to Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation. So um, as we see, you know, the the WWF, uh, as it was called early, early on, um, sort of took down some of the, the bigger uh, uh, more local promotions. Um, so Crusher went to work for uh, the Vince McMahon uh, form WWF on a part-time basis, uh, appearing at uh, WWF house uh, shows all over the Midwest. Um, so there was a bunch of different ways that, that you could be within the WWF, not necessarily as, you know, a big stage guy, but also wrestling at really local house uh, shows as well. Um, so, uh, Lissowski claimed that he made more money working part-time for McMahon than he ever did working for the frugal Gagne on a full-time basis. Um, and in 1986, Lasowski uh, occasionally teamed with the Machines as Crusher Machines. So the Machines were uh, another wrestling group, uh, a tag team group uh, formed, and he would uh, actually come in and sort of wrestle with them as kind of like a, a teammate. So... Uh, The Crusher's last recorded match was at a WWF house show in Omaha, Nebraska on uh, February 15th in 88, uh, replacing um, Billy Jack Haynes to team with Ken Patera and face Demolition, who were disqualified when uh, Mr. Fuji tripped Crusher with a cane about three minutes in, which if if you've watched some of the earlier 80 wrestling stuff, and if you go back and watch it, uh, Mr. Fuji is actually just like a manager. Um, uh, and, and oftentimes would have like, uh, a, a cane and, uh, he would be seen ringside. And, and of course they always, uh, got involved somehow, you know, uh, uh, uh tripped people or, oh, yeah. uh, threw, threw a, a chair over to him to use as a, as a, what, yeah.
1: Like, like, uh, what was it? Um. Undertaker had Paul Bear, or yeah, whatever, they exactly, would like do yep. stuff like trip people and exactly. stuff. So exactly, or throw.
0: Them. He would throw like uh, 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 sand in their face, or, or oh, yeah. what was supposed to be uh, urn uh, uh, ashes. But yeah, so really, really uh, ornate. It started to really become this really big, characterized and theatrical thing. So, um, the Crusher's last television appearance was uh, WWF's nineteen ninety eight pay per view over the edge in your house. Uh, where was shown um, sitting alongside Mad Dog Vaushan, Vaushan or Voshan uh, in the front row. So you could actually see him there. And then Jerry Lawler uh, made fun of the two men's age and tried to steal uh, Voshan's uh, artificial leg. Um, but Vashan hit him over the head with it and Crusher punched him. As Lawler uh, bailed, uh, the two former enemies shook hands and, um, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, for those of you um, who are also familiar with um, Man on the Moon, what was that? Uh, oh, I can't think of it. Yeah, so I know what you're talking. The about. the um, damn it. Uh, here we are. Uh, um, Jim Carrey played him in the, in the movie. Um, uh, the documentary.
1: I just can't remember. I can't I remember his damn I, name.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyway, Jerry the King Lawler actually had uh, quite the feud with, uh, and he played Latka in Taxi um, oh yeah yeah the hell is his name um, oh my god I'm gonna feel really stupid until I figure this out but um, they had a very famous feud um, uh, 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 with with Jerry the King Lawler and um,
1: I can't think of that Andy comedic, Kaufman yeah Andy Kaufman yeah
0: and uh, so Andy Kaufman used to egg on and, and provoke Jerry that. the King Lawler. And uh, that was all kind of during the uh, um, uh, 70s and 80s as well. And so here we are talking about, you know, Jerry the King Lawler as as a radio or a, a wrestling announcer by this time and was making fun of these two men's age and almost tried to steal of, a, a, you know, some guy who had his leg amputated. Funny. Um, in 1974... Uh, Lasowski and Dick the Bruiser. Oof, they starred in a bad. movie called The Wrestler, uh, where they beat up a posse of mobsters in uh, on the big screen. Um, he also starred in a Byron's Tires commercial, where he folded a casing in half and yelled, "Don't be a turkey neck. Get your tires from Byron's."
1: That's pretty sweet promo. Give
0: me your best. Give me your best version of that. Don't be a turkey neck. Get your tires from Byron's wow pretty
1: good did i bring the energy in there? yeah i had some i didn't have any cocaine this morning yeah. but i tried my best i
0: was just gonna say you got a little something on your nose there lasowski <laughs> um, <laughs> once worked as a uh, conductor for the milwaukee symphony orchestra as well that's pretty uh out yeah, that's there that's really cool um and uh in later years uh multiple surgeries uh, on his hips and uh, his knee crippled and, and all this other stuff um and he had a heart bypass surgery and Ah uh, non-cancerous tumor removed from his brain um, just left him you know, uh, partially paralyzed actually. but um he was battered and bruised. his whole his whole uh, kind of tail end of his life just uh, a shell of him, his former self, you know. Um, lasowski's wife Faye actually died in March of two thousand and three after the couple were married uh, for fifty five years. um in october twenty uh, second, two thousand and five. Uh, Lasowski died of a brain tumor at the age of 79 um he and his wife Faye uh, and infant son Gary are interred at the holy uh sepulcher uh cemetery cemetery in uh, Milwaukee um he is survived by four uh, children and nine grandchildren and one great-granddaughter um Gagne, uh, his former uh, uh, enemy, uh, by, by which uh, you know he wasn't paid very much and stuff, Gagne actually reacted to his death by saying um, to the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, we had some dandy matches, and uh, the Crusher never was a great, uh, technically skilled wrestler, but uh, was tougher than nails and a brawler. Uh, he could bench press nearly 600 pounds, and he loved to have fun. After a match, he couldn't get a beer in his hands fast enough.
1: boy, Even
2: though which he didn't is, really drink beer. I was just going to say,
1: yeah, which it's is just crazy weird. because, like... He probably did suck down some brewskis. I mean, come on. I would imagine. He's, he crushed a couple. Of He's, course. You know.
0: And I think, you know, maybe the the, the reaction by uh, by Gagne there isn't so much uh, for himself, but for the people. you yeah, know yeah. Uh, his fans that still existed and, and had to kind of move on with that loss... Uh, they probably just wanted to hear, you know, one last neat story to kind of continue that yeah, legacy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to have Gagne say, you know, he couldn't get a beer in his hand fast enough after a match, that's kind of pretty cool. But what a badass um, Wisconsin wrestler, right? That's, that's what I cool love there. the most about this about this, you know, particular story that we're able to tell is that um, we have we have roots everywhere. Uh, as as Wisconsin uh, and and Wisconsin natives, we just have this. Um, uh, amazing reach you know in in every aspect of life uh and and entertainment and everything We, you know we're we're just we're there we've got our footprints uh and our fingerprints everywhere all right so we are on to our music segment uh, which actually brings us over to like the madison area um in a a really cool uh, lo-fi basement jam kind of band called yeah. Red Pants. Get some of that like lo-fi indie sound, kind of yeah. like
1: you know it's it's really cool because it kind of has like that like classic sound to it too. Like I think he did a really good job like yeah. making the sound that he was going for.
0: Yeah, and I think he primarily does his you know all of his own stuff. I mean, uh, very talented individual. Uh, great sounding music. Uh, again, like we've said, um, kind of that really cool lo-fi indie. Uh, basement uh, 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 really cool jams and it's um, it, it's great that you know again we you know we're, we're kind of uh, um, we're used to this amazing scene that Wisconsin has whether it's you know Milwaukee or Madison um, which are the two primary hubs of, of the scene but uh, just absolutely amazing stuff and um, the song that we chose uh, was is called paper buttons um, but you can't go wrong. Listen to everything you song. can uh, on Bandcamp. Um, you can't go wrong. So, this is Red Pants, Paper Buttons. <sighs> Again, That music was provided by Red Pants. That song was Paper Buttons. Uh, like we said, you can't go wrong listening to uh, any of what he has to offer. Uh, I would definitely go and check out uh, the whole catalog. Um, I definitely uh, found it on Bandcamp was uh, kind of the number one area Yeah, there's there. quite a bit of music on um, there too to listen to. So I would awesome. type in something like Red Pants Madison Band uh, in order to uh, get to that. Uh, But now we are going to move to our uh, beer review segment. And uh, today we have uh, a beautiful uh, beer that is... Awesome can. It's super cool. It's a light one. It's good to drink. It's it's really good. Badger State Brewing, is that right? Yep.
1: So this one's from Badger State Brewing in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. We're drinking the Brew Ski, BRW-Ski. Yep. and uh, it actually the can's really awesome. It actually looks like um, a Wisconsin license plate. Sure does, cool, with the uh, bold black letters BRW Ski on it. Yeah, and this one's actually like a lager, an American light. So it's going to be kind of similar to your like your MGDs or something. Maybe a little higher quality. A little obviously. higher quality for sure. And it's coming in at four point eight percent ABV. And yeah, it's just a really good beer. It's um, it pours really nice. It's kind of like it actually kind of looks like an MGD pour. It's kind of golden in color, nice and carbonated. Just a really great taste, and, uh, yeah, I mean... It's very be-
0: crisp. It's uh, it's just a clean-tasting uh, beer, you know?
1: Yeah, and it, it pours really nice. It's crisp. It's, like, we got it nice and chilled right now, so it's going down really easy. It's super yeah. good beer. Um, it kind of pours, like, your domestics, too. It has a little bit of, like, the headiness on the top, a little foam. Yeah, Super good beer. Um, you can get this one in cans, and I believe they're pint cans, if I remember right. Um, the ones we have are pints obviously but i think you, i don't know if you can get them in like your standard 12 ounce i think they just come in pints and six I didn't or four yes yeah. so but this one is really good um it actually like is kind of one of the higher rated lagers around here too it's like kind it of is, german yeah. inspired and like again like if you're going to transition into going into the craft beer world this one is obviously like just a step above your mgds or like yeah um, and i would your say if,
0: if you're really just trying to uh avoid buying like um you know, your are more traditional, uh, Miller or, you know, uh, Bush or, you know, something like that. Um, the, the cool part about this beer is, you know, you know, you're, you're buying from uh, a small craft brewery that, um, is, is, uh, is worthy of buying that, you know, that, that more crafted product, you know, I, I just, I, I love, I love the, the fact that it is, uh, you know, a, a home brewed kind of a, a feel to it. You know, like this pic- feels like somebody had crafted this, uh, uh, this, this recipe. Right in their own kitchen, you know?
1: And the can sticks out. I mean, like oh, the can yeah. pops right on the shelf, especially if you're from Wisconsin. I mean, you're going to recognize it. You're going to know
0: the license plate.
1: Yeah, and this a super great beer. Um, I highly recommend it. I've seen this one um at Hy-Vee in the Madison area. Yeah. I've also seen it at a festival and once at Woodman's, I believe. I haven't seen it at Woodman's in a while, Yeah. to be honest. So you're probably going to have a better best. If you're in the Madison area, you're going to probably find this one. Um, I think obviously your Green Bay You're going to have it in the Green Bay store right. I'd, I'd say
0: northern area you're probably more likely To see it in a store But
1: but definitely keep an eye out for this one It's called Brewski and it's by the Badger uh, State Brewing Company from Green Bay, Wisconsin Super good beer, grab it and let us know what you think
2: Grab a seat Gather around, Join us for a chat How many
1: all right, folks, you know what that means. It's how many locals you at and what a great episode because we got wrestling shit on here. <laughs> so let's do this, Eric. Let's do yeah. this one.
0: Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, crack this fresh beer and we're gonna start reading a little bit Whoop. about this uh, truly unfortunate uh, loco, you know? Uh, we have um, the, the, the article title uh, is Wisconsin Football Starting Offensive Lineman Arrested for OWI. So we got a badger, um, badger DUI. Yeah, this was not long ago, uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, University of Wisconsin, uh, a senior guard uh, was actually cited for operating under the influence. Um, the, the football player uh, was stopped by the UW-Madison police. Um, back. It was actually on October 17th uh, and registered a blood alcohol content uh, between 0.08 and 0.15. Again, the the reason probably for that is because uh, the initial blood uh, uh, breath test, um, the original breath test rather, probably you know inadmissible, of course, was right. somewhere in that in that range, and then the um, blood draw, which is. Which is admissible was somewhere in that range. So I'm guessing one of them was 0.08, one of them was 0.15. So
1: maybe the they brought him in because the 0.15, because the 0.08 they probably would have let him go. I mean, you're kind of like borderline there. I I mean, don't,
0: I've I've seen so many of them where they don't even let them go at like 0.07, especially really? if they've been Damn. showing signs we, of impairment. I
1: guess if you're showing signs of impairment, you can, you're you're kind of screwed either way. If you get pulled over by a cop, it doesn't matter. Really. If they think you're in trouble, I mean, and be... they're
0: just looking out for the best interest, right. of, Yeah, you know the, the other drivers on the road and shit. So. Um. So what we have here is, uh, a uh, uh, pretty cut and dry, I guess. Uh, um, it's just a, is, it's just a badger drunk. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a first uh first O W I offense. Um, the the bond uh was set for uh, like one thousand one hundred bucks. Uh, so uh, actually actually for the bond and for his charges, or no, that was the bond for the charges. Uh, so set for eleven hundred bucks. Um. UW was made aware of the incident, uh, and per a spokesperson, um, uh, discipline uh, w- would be handled uh, internally uh, by the uh, the UW and the football program. Um, the student athlete discipline uh, discipline policy rather states that when an athlete is arrested for any crime, they uh, immediately are suspended from games and practices pending uh, a factual inquiry into the arrest. So essentially they just wait to get the uh, this factual story from you know po- the the police or or other law enforcement um, they don't try to make a rash judgment uh, right. right on the scene you know so after that inquiry, the uh, policy states that the UW administrators will uh, convene to determine the next steps, uh, which can include uh, denial of certain privileges, mandatory counseling, um, a continued suspension or a longer suspension, or possibly even dismissal from the team completely. Um, again, this, this is a fifth year senior, uh, so he probably redshirted as a freshman, uh, so he didn't play any games. Uh, he's been part of the program and part of the school for five years. Um, unfortunate, you know, yeah, just unfortunate. I mean, th- things um,
1: went from Bucky to fucky, like real yeah. fast. I mean, like, and I, I, I mean, I kind of already got a number for this guy. Like this guy just got screwed, to yeah. be honest. Like he really, he probably wasn't even doing anything like that crazy. He probably did. Yeah. The cop probably saw him leave the bar and pull him over is what happened. Right?
0: Could, have, could have very well been. Yeah. I- I'm
1: pretty sure that's what this sounds
0: like to me. I mean, so. The the so the the article goes on to read that, uh, um, the the he had been starting at left guard when available uh, uh to play the season. So what they mean by when available to play is generally because of like injury or other things. Uh, he played it then uh, number twenty five Purdue six days after being cited by police. So, um, but he did not play uh the the following week against uh, Iowa. Um, He was listed as not available on the team's pregame status report, but those do not state why the player was unavailable. So this cop was probably a Michigan
1: State fan. He knew who this guy was (laughs) and like, you know what, we need better chances, I'm pulling this guy over. Yeah,
0: he's definitely a fan of somebody else in the Big Ten. Um, So the uh, the individual was not listed as uh, questionable on Monday's status report, but like the other status reports, no injury or reason was listed. Uh, UW uh, coach Paul Christ was asked Thursday about the player's status heading into Saturday's game. Uh, when, uh, when, when responding to that question, he said the player has been able to do a little bit. Um, and then he said, but I don't know if it's too early to say or, or, or not uh, he'll be able to play. Uh, and, and he doesn't know uh, what that status will look like later in the week. So, Um, I mean, I I got my, as far as the article goes, you know, we're, we're not, we're not really, um, we're not really uh, finding any sort of, uh, um, really particular information other than,
1: but we got the age, we got the blood draw, right? So it's we
0: do know a couple of really important things, but I mean, I already got
1: a number on this one. Like
0: this guy, I just this, would love to know the reason. You know, was yeah, he pulled yeah. over because of suspicion? This, this guy's
1: like a Wolverines fan. Confirmed. He's just a fucking dick. He loves the Wolverines or Purdue, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? We need better chances. This guy's going away for a while, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got my number. I, I think this is an unfortunate four for me.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say about three or four. This is an unfortunate
1: yeah. four. He's just out having a party for a little bit, and he's like, uh ah, probably got to go to bed because I got to practice." And the yeah. cop saw him leave. Gotcha, Popped buddy. Him. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there was much. I think, he wasn't showing like a ton of signs of impairment, right? Like I think right. he was either targeted, seeing leaving the bar, maybe staggering, or maybe the cop knew him and's like, "Here we go." I mean, that's what it sounds like yeah. to me. I don't know if the whole story, right?
0: And but at point point oh eight or point one five, point zero one five, it's not. It's I mean, not
1: that's, that's like two two tree yeah. two tree brews. You know, it's not. Yeah, if you are
0: just drinking a couple beers and then leaving right away, yeah, that's just that's kind of that, that area. You know, you know? So, it's
1: not really super well, easy. One. so, I think a four. I think four local for me, unfortunate. Yeah, I'll settle.
0: I'll settle with uh, the unfortunate four. All right, so I am joined here today by David Hero, uh, and uh, David, I, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, when I first heard your name, and uh, and and I think Nate had invited me to Crusher Fest, and and all this stuff, uh, um, I, I I was I was shocked to know that there was this huge. Um, this huge wrestling culture in uh, the state of Wisconsin. And I just wanted to, to thank you for coming on first and foremost. And uh,
3: Oh, absolutely. My, my pleasure. And yeah, Wisconsin loves their wrestling. There's there's no question. There's no doubt about that whatsoever.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, as a kid, I, I grew up uh, involved in, in wrestling and, and watching it, you know, every single like Monday night for raw and Thursday night for, you know, so, How did you kind of get started in wrestling, and and where has this path kind of taken you? Well, I've always been, I haven't
3: always been a fan. The very first wrestling event my dad took me to, I believe it was a Crusher. Uh, It was was Crusher versus Mad Dog Bashan inside a steel cage, (laughs) and I hated it. And we actually left early. My dad was very disappointed. Oh, man. And then it it wasn't until years later, um, I was watching wrestling on cable, because that's when, you know, when Cable was brand new, and I saw the Iron Sheik on TV, and he defeated Bob Backlund for the WWF championship at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this Iron Sheik guy, he was built, had a body, the whole thing looked menacing and evil. And I was like, I was intrigued. Then the next weekend, I'm flipping through the channels to try to find it again, and instead of ending up on the USA Network, I ended up on WTBS. And I saw the Road Warriors for the very first time. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I was hooked. I'm like, I have had never in my, you know, growing up for me in Grafton, Wisconsin, population 10,000, about 30 miles north of Milwaukee, there was no such thing as a hawk or an animal up by us. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, j- just hooked. So then I just, every weekend, I would flip through the channels, you know, every Saturday and Sunday, and I would come across all-star wrestling, NWA AWA, Georgia Championship wrestling, you know the NWA and WWF and everything like, Oh my, there's all these characters, good versus evil and, uh, hooked. And I was a wrestling fan throughout middle school, throughout high school, throughout college. And, um, in 1996, I had opened up a store in Shorewood, Wisconsin called hero sports page. And it was, you know, it was Packers, bucks, brewers, bulls, bears, trading cards, counter-starring lineups, it was a baseball card shop with memorabilia and clothes basically is what it was. It's still a wrestling fan. So yeah. like I would put in some wrestling figures once in a while in my store to go with the starting lineups and whatnot. And, wow. um, from WAUK sports radio, uh, one of their, and he asked, you know, if I was interested in advertising on the station and he saw that I had wrestling figures and he's like, Oh, wrestling's big. He goes, you know, maybe we can figure something out where you can talk about wrestling on your show. I'm like, well, that would be great. Let's let's do it. So, you know, AM Sports Talk Radio wasn't extremely expensive, but I knew it was my it was my um demographic that I needed for my store. And but I didn't know anything about the inner workings of pro wrestling, just as a fan. And somehow, some way I came across the wrestling observer observer newsletter, the Dave Meltzer one. And I read that and I would just take notes from there and talk about pro wrestling every Tuesday at 3:50 on, you know, 1510 W A U K, W a out of Waukesha. I did that for a few years. And, um, you know, again, a wrestling fan, but not much wrestling in my store. Uh, so then I was America online was big in the late
0: nineties. Yeah.
3: And I was messaging back and forth. If you watch WCW nitro, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, his wife was Kimberly Page. She Mm -hmm. was the first Nitro Girl. Somehow we came across each other on on AOL and I told her how I had a store and I wanted to bring in some of the the wrestlers and she gave me um, the name of the people I needed to contact which I did and I got a hold of the right people at WCW and uh, we were able to figure out a way to bring Diamond Dallas Page into my store. Awesome. And what was really cool was WCW also asked if I wanted to sell their merchandise. So I'm buying direct from WCW, selling their T-shirts, their pennants, their hats, their DVDs in my store. And uh, the night before Dallas Page was coming to, to uh, Shorewood, he had laid out Scott Holland, Kevin Nash of the NWO with diamond cutters, which then made DDP the number one babyface good guy in the company. So at 3 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, I had 400-some people in line waiting to meet Diamond Dallas
0: Page. Oh, (laughs) man.
3: Which was awesome. Yeah. So that worked out so well for me, and I had established a relationship by this point now with WCW and, of course, Dallas. I reached out to the WWF, and I said, hey, I'd love to do something similar. What do we need to do? And they said, well, you need to contact the local promoter in the area. And I said, okay, who's that? And they said, Jack Koshik. Well, Jack Koshik is a second cousin of mine. Oh, wow. I'm like, well, this is a home run. This is fantastic. So we were able to figure it out. And, uh, he got me the road warriors <laughs> to be my guest in my store, the team that got me hooked on pro wrestling. Yeah. So, um, road warriors came in earlier in the day, big Van Vader was there in my store. He was doing a press conference to talk about the event and, like everyone's just buzzing about pro wrestling. And one of the office guys from WWF looks at my story. He goes, Hey, this is really great, but what's the deal with all this WCW merchandise? And I said, well, nobody from your office has gotten back to me. I'd love to buy some from you. Now this event happened on a Sunday. Okay. On Tuesday afternoon, FedEx drops off this big box of t-shirts, open it up. It's a letter from Mike saying, Hey, first orders on me. Next time I come to Milwaukee, I want to see us with at least equal amount of inventory you have for WCW. Sure. So I am now buying directly from both companies. The only store in the nation buying from both. Right. You know, I'm getting Austin 316 shirts from WF and NWO shirts from WCW. I'm. This is amazing. Yeah. I then decide to do a TV commercial saying, hey, look what I have. And um, a week or so after the commercial aired, a gentleman by the name of Rich Finke came into my store, who was a local independent wrestler, and he's like, hey, ever think about running shows? I'm like, I would love to, you know, and um, that was in 97, I believe, and I've been running shows ever since, it's been, you know, since, really since 96 is when I got into it, but our first show was in '97. So the last 25 years, I've been running Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, which started um, out of a store in Shorewood, Wisconsin, of all places. You mm-hmm. know, Rich has since then retired from wrestling, and I have still kept the brand going. And um, timing was everything. And I learned a lot, and I learned how to promote, and I understood. They taught me, you know, to understand the psychology of the wrestling business, so on and so forth. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride. I've got to work with just about every one of my childhood heroes, um, from the Iron Sheik to Hulk Hogan to Rowdy Roddy Piper to Jimmy Snuka oh, nice. to The Rock to Steve Austin, you know, you name it, to Kevin Nash, I, I've, Mick Foley. I, I've worked with everybody. Yeah. And I've uh, been, been very, very blessed to have had the, the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, uh, and yeah. it is. It's it's incredible to know that you know that's really all it is. It's, I mean, it's it's out of pure luck that you know you you got interested, and then and then you know everything just sort of uh, uh, dominoed from there. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the names that you've mentioned, I mean, are. are some of the names that got me interested, you know, when I was a kid and, and that I watched uh, yeah. all of these uh, these, you know, r- real great, pro, you know, professional wrestlers on TV almost every night, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yes. And, and you've worked with them, which is amazing. And, um, and I know that you bring them out, you know, for all of these different events that you host, uh, including, you know, Blizzard Brawl, uh, which yes. uh, just happened. But, you know, you just launched uh, the, the date for next year's as well.
3: Yeah, it's always the first Saturday of December. So next year, Saturday, D- December third, will be Blizzard Brawl uh twenty twenty two. And uh very excited about that one. We just had Blizzard Brawl this past year. Uh, Braun, uh Adam Sher, formerly known as Braun Strowman, was our headlining main eventer, which was a huge get for us. It was his very first match since he left the WWE back. I think it was in April or May, you know. So he hasn't done anything at all since then. But he just built a house about 25 minutes away from Waukesha and uh, he was more than willing to be a part of it this year. And uh, By him being a part of it, we were also able to raise, you know, just a little bit over $10,000 for the victims and families of the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Yeah. So, uh, Blizzard Brawl originally started out, it was supposed to be an event to celebrate the uh, life of the crusher um, the year he died, but you know certain things didn't go the way we wanted to. And we had to rebrand the show and we called it blizzard brawl. And it was at the Ramada hotel on 13th and college in their ballroom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we outgrew that building after a couple of years and now we're in the, you know, about 1900 seat Waukesha County expo. in Waukesha. So it has, uh, basically tripled in size over the years. And it's, uh, it's a real special event for me because, um, one of my very dear, close, personal friends, King Kong Bundy, called Blizzard Brawl the WrestleMania of the Independents, and uh, it's a title that I take very seriously, and I try every year to outdo myself. I have no idea how I will outdo this past year, because it was a massive show, and um, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it, and, and I had so many friends independently post uh, their pictures from Blizzard Brawl this year, and I had no idea they were going, and... Uh, that just goes to show that like, even in your own inner circle, uh, you know, there's, there's that, that wrestling fan and, uh, it is an incredible, uh, site to see live wrestling. If, if, you know, if, if any of our listeners ha- have not, uh, blizzard yes. brawl is an incredible event to go check out. Uh, and plus, you know, that, that live wrestling, like I said, nothing really tops that. And then, uh, all the different names that you bring out, I'm, I'm absolutely excited to see what, uh what you know what we see uh for for you know 2022 and uh and all the different names and and just all the fun and now you also have uh uh another another wrestler in the family is that right yeah
3: my my son cal uh cal hero the fanny pack kid he yeah he is a 19 year old uh 19 year old young man who thinks he's from the 80s and everything is fanny packs and Uh, mullets and in the whole deal and uh you know he he obviously grew up in wrestling as i've been doing this since way before he was born and he really at one point showed no interest up until a couple years ago and now it's like it's amazing how much he is involved and how well he's doing and uh, i'm very proud of him you know he was training up here in the milwaukee area uh, with uh, some local wrestlers, Angel Armani and, and and Ben McCoy, you know, up here. And then uh, my best friend is Al Snow. And oh, wow. uh, I said, hey, Al, I go, hey, I go, Cal really wants to do this. He's like, well, send him down here by me to OVW. And uh, he lives with Al and his family, and he's been in OVW full time since February of uh, this past year. And he started out doing uh, job matches, in the dark matches before the TV shows, Oh wow. and a couple of weeks ago, him and his partner uh, Dustin Jackson, they wrestle as the Fanny Pack Party, became the OVW Tag Team Champions. So,
0: oh, that and, is uh, awesome!
3: In, in 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 a quick 10 11 months, um, he has grown and learned so much that they felt that that was the best call. and the tag titles, you know, in OVW, I mean, guys like John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin and CM Punk have all held that title, so there's a rich history there. So it was a very uh, special moment when the Fanny Pack kid from Cedarburg, Wisconsin, got to go down there and uh, win the OVW tag team championship.
0: That is incredible, and, and yeah, and and an honor to to have that uh, that name now cemented in the history of that title. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm extremely happy for you and and for Cal as well and well, thank you. Uh, and and honestly I can't wait to see you next year at uh, at Blizzard Brawl and uh, any other events that I see pop up that I'm able to make it to I'm definitely going to be uh, keeping my eye out and then I'm also going to be following um, all of your social media pages and stuff to just kind of uh, see what you're up to so um, yeah
3: yeah. The easiest way uh, for the wrestling events is just to go to blizzardbrawl.com. Okay. And that and that lists everything. Most of our shows are out of uh, it, the Circle B. It's a bowling alley in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. So it's a true old-school independent wrestling feel. And then we do other shows you know, throughout the summer. Um, and then another event we do is Crusher Fest. And that, I believe, is going to be again in October this year. It's usually <laughs> done in June but covid had messed up some dates and everything else and i think we still have one more year we have to do it in october but okay. yeah everything can be found at blizzardbrawl.com
0: awesome i, I can't thank you enough again uh, david for for uh, coming on uh, the show and and being a part of the, the the crusher episode that we did but also to just kind of bring it full circle and talk about uh, the, all of the wrestling culture that still exists here and, and the amazing stuff that uh, you're you're pulling out so uh, you awesome bet my pleasure Thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks. Have All a good right. day. Thanks. Bye.